You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Vikings Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today, we have some bittersweet news, mostly bitter. The first cap casualty of the 2021 offseason is upon us. Kyle Rudolph has been released by the Minnesota Vikings after a 10-year tenure with the team. That's longer than anybody had been on the team. The longest tenured Viking is now Harrison Smith, who was drafted in 2012. Uh, Nobody else on the team from before that now, and I believe that also makes Harrison Smith the only pre-Zimmer Viking uh, on the team now as we enter Zimmer's eighth year with the franchise. And listen... It's a really emotional thing when a player's been with your favorite football team for 10 years, uh, gets released to save some cap money, he's going to go wear a different uniform, it's going to look weird, it's not going to be great. Uh, He penned a really nice thank you and farewell to Minnesota in the Players' Tribune, I'll link that in the show notes, Um, and he had quite a bit to say about the fans and the community and all of his old teammates and stuff, but it's also, from a pure strategy standpoint, a move that I and a lot of people agree with, and I think it's difficult to parse those things out. And I think it's okay if you have a little bit of an internal tug of war that you were like, wait, this feels terrible. I feel very sad about it, but I was rooting for it. What gives? I I think that's perfectly natural. And I think we can totally divorce the, you know, hey, this is a smart move for the cap space that it saves and how easy it is to replace him because Irv Smith's on the roster and all that stuff to divorce that from, man, it's sad that this like backbone of the community and this sort of heart and soul guy for the Minnesota Vikings franchise who has been there through, you know, the end of the Frazier years, through the tough things with Zimmer, through the Teddy Bradford thing, through all of the Kirk years now. He's been there and sort of that rock, that stalwart, that thing that, you know, hey, whatever chaos is going on with the Minnesota Vikings for the last decade, we could always at least say, but you know what? Kyle Rudolph is going to be part of this team for whatever that is. Kyle Rudolph will be part of like, you know, the personality. And it was always one of the fir- first few people that the the team would like market and stuff. And he was always a, a little bit of, of a secondary face of the franchise, not to mention all of the really fun memories that we have of Kyle Rudolph of his time here from, you know, some of the cool stuff that he did in his first couple of years making Pro Bowls, all the way to, I honestly, I think some of the most memorable things he did, he did in the Kirk Cousins era here in Minnesota from the 2018 uh, Hail Mary in Detroit. That's my personal favorite. I just think that's really cool. But you would be forgiven if you chose the 2019 Dallas, the one-handed catch uh, for a touchdown, that incredible catch in primetime. The one, he did it again this year against Jacksonville. He had this crazy toe-dragging catch in the end zone. Um, and, but I think for most people, it's probably the playoff game in New Orleans, where not only did he have a, a couple of really big plays down the stretch, but he also had, of course, the big one, the fade in the end zone that ended up being the walk-off touchdown. These are all memories that are inextricable with his time with the Vikings, and, and I think it's really cool to just take a moment and, and look back on them, even though maybe we agree that for salary cap and value and all that stuff, that really cold kind of calculating team-building stuff, we may agree with the move at this particular time, it's okay to also be kind of sad about it. 
So, you know, pause this, have a quick cry. I'll give you a second. You can go take the time you need and come back. And then we'll talk about the actual implications and, and the raw information about this release. Okay. You did it? You done? You back? You cool? You paused? Excellent. Welcome back. Hope I hope that felt good. So let's talk about what actually happens here. So Kyle Rudolph was due about $9 million in 2021, uh, about four, or it was like nine and a half million, four and a half million, uh, ends up accelerating as part of uh, dead cap signing bonus accelerates and stuff. So net the Vikings save $5 million and change that goes uh, uh, toward getting them under the 2021 salary cap. We still don't know exactly what that's going to be. I'm getting a little worried that we are going to have to like delay the league year or something if they can't figure out a number, but it seems like they still have two weeks to figure it out and they've mostly finalized all the tv still the tv deal stuff that i know is going to be a part of this so that gives the vikings i'll just give you the raw number right now in 2021 they have 189 million dollars in total cap liabilities so if the salary cap is 180 they're 9 million over if it's 185 they're 4 million over etc um call it 5 million ish that's what over the cap is guessing that they're still over so they still have a little bit more work to do and then of course the the big thing here is you know what happens now at the tight end position obviously irv smith is going to kind of step up take that tight end one role. He had a few games where he was the tight end one. I be it because Kyle Rudolph was injured or because he just got a lot more run because Rudolph's, I think, you know, he's not an every down guy anymore. I don't think it's smart to put him in for three downs anymore and have him run all up and down the field at his age and with his athleticism and stuff. He seems to be a little bit more like a, a rotational player now and somebody will probably get him and pay him like a rotational player and be happy with him as a rotational player. Meanwhile, Irv Smith is going to be the every down player. And I think we all kind of wanted that anyways. But if you think about skill players, I think of that, about skill players as kind of uh, like one homogenous group where there's five skill players, right? You got Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kyle Rudolph, and Irv Smith. And now that Kyle Rudolph is out, the Vikings need another skill player. So Tyler Conklin could step up into that, or BC Johnson could have a crazy camp and be really good or something crazy like that. But barring something like that, which I think is pretty unlikely, they're going to need to go get a new skill player. So for a lot of the rest of the show, we're going to talk about who that guy could be in free agency, but there's as good a chance as any that they go and and address that in the draft as well. So I would expect there to be a new weapon and a lot of targets and a lot of offensive skill player snaps are going to go to somebody who is not on the roster yet. And then one last quick note before we get into all that free agency stuff, a couple of people have asked me, why didn't the Vikings do the June 1st designation? So if you're unfamiliar with the June 1st designation, when you cut a player, you take a bunch of dead cap. If you cut them early from their contract, essentially the salary cap lets you spread out the cap hit of a signing bonus over the life of the contract. So if you end that contract early, you have to pay off the rest of the signing bonus immediately. Immediately, But if you do a June 1st designation, essentially, you know, say, hey, we're going to wait till a little closer to the season to cut him. You can actually spread that penalty out between this year and next year, making it a little bit more manageable. You can do that to two people per year. The problem is to do that. And the reason the Vikings didn't do that to do that, you have to keep that guy on your books up until June 1st. You can release him now and he can go negotiate with teams now and kind of shake hands and everything can basically be set in place like a normal free agent uh, experience, but you have to keep him on your books until June 1st, which means you can't use that money until June 1st. And by June 1st, most of the free agents you would have wanted to spend that on are gone. And by the way, the Vikings have to get under the cap by March 17th. So they still have more stuff to do before March 17th. So if you wanted to make a little bit of extra cap space and also borrow some from 2022, which is already pretty tight. So if you wanted to do that and make him a June 1st cut instead of just a straight up cut, you'd be still, you know, 10 million over the cap instead of 5 million over the cap. You'd have to do even more right now to get under the cap and be that much further from signing any free agents or using that money in March. So basically, 
basically that tells you the Vikings want to use that money in March. They have things in March they want to do, chiefly among which get under the salary cap so that they are CBA compliant. And they'd rather do that than take about a two and a half million dollar loan out from 2022, which has its pros and cons as well. So the June 1st thing is not something teams typically do because teams usually if they're going to cut someone for cap space, they don't want to wait to have access to that cap space. So that's the June 1st is pretty rare. Um, and it's not something you usually have to think too hard about. And except in certain situations like smaller contracts or obviously, you know, camp cuts, this is how this kind of thing works, right? If Dan Bailey loses his camp battle uh, with Greg Joseph for kicker and he gets cut in August, then the dead money would split across the years accordingly. But if you did a June 1st cut with him right now, because his money guarantees on March 20th, you wouldn't actually save any of that guaranteed money. You'd still have to take it all in dead cap and you would just be spreading it across the next uh, season and and this one. So the June 1st thing doesn't appear to be a great option for the Vikings right now. Certainly wasn't for Kyle Rudolph, but I wanted to quickly explain that rule because a couple of people asked me about that. So moving on, there's this bet that has been absolutely agonizing to me that I can't stop thinking about. It's Cardinals plus 450 to win the NFC West. It is a very interesting odds, especially after the J.J. Watt thing. And, And I wonder, like, can you guys let me know what you think of this bet. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, uh, but you know, the Seahawks are plus 300, the 49ers are plus 200, the Rams are only plus 195. Honestly, betting on the Rams seems interesting as well. You could almost triple your money there, but whatever you want to bet on there, any of those futures, you can go to betonline.ag. They are your one-stop shop for everything Grambling. You can bet on sports odds, not only NFL futures, but NBA, NHL, MLB, whatever you want there. You can also bet on things like reality TV or award shows. So head on over to betonline.ag. And when you first sign up, you make your first deposit, make sure you use the promo code locked on, all one word, locked on, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you deposit 500 bucks for your first deposit, you'll get 750 to play with, 250 free bucks just for using the promo code. So make sure you go to, to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the two top teams in the NBA's Western Conference battle it out before the All-Star break. Will the Suns and Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? Get more of the sports you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's go on to, I guess, the main event of the show, uh, which is talking about some free agents. So there's no Kyle Rudolph. That means that the Vikings are probably going to be looking for another skill player, and that could come in free agency, could also come in the draft, but let's look at the free agent candidates and maybe we can even come up with if we prefer one or the other, if we think this is a free agent class worth engaging in. So just like we did with the guards on, I think it was last Friday, uh, I have the PFF free agent list up. I'm going, anybody who isn't in their top 200, I'm not very interested in, and I'm going to have to go through through these guys a lot faster because I have both wide receivers and tight ends up. So we'll talk about kind of what is, I think, realistic for the Vikings and who can maybe be that fifth skill player. And, you know, do they go long-term, short-term, all that stuff. So let's start out. There's three buckets that I put them in with the guards. We'll probably do the same thing here because, of course, the Vikings have a money problem and we have to be cognizant of that. So there are certain players who are just out of their league, who are just going to be too expensive. And honestly, most of these players I probably wouldn't want to go for even if they did have cap space because those tend to be fairly inefficient deals. You end up in a Kyle Van Noy situation like what the Miami Dolphins did. They signed him to a four-year, $51 million deal, cut him a year into it, had to eat dead cap. It was a very inefficient thing. Uh, You don't necessarily want to do the big free agent deal 
Um, and the Vikings don't really have a choice about it anyways. So that kind of sorts away Chris Godwin, Alan Robinson, Kenny Galladay was probably gonna get franchise tagged anyways, uh, Hunter Henry, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, and probably some others as we get further down the list. The first person on the list the Vikings could actually afford, but I'm not very interested in, is Antonio Brown. And part of this is a moral thing. I just don't really want him to represent the Vikings because of the things that he's done and been through. But he obviously would be great value for a year and two million. And by the way, PFF has uh, worked with over the cap to do some contract projections. So I'm going with those numbers because you don't want me just guessing on that kind of thing. But I'm sure he still has plenty of gas in the tank. He'll be 33 during the 2021 season. And for two million, it'd be a good deal. It's just a matter of uh, do you trust the off field, right? Do you trust the personality? Do you trust him being part of this? I don't think the Vikings have the kind of locker room that can absorb Antonio Brown right now, and I don't think I want them to try. So let's just move on. Uh, you could go for Jonu Smith. He's a really interesting name. I think he's going to get a little overrated by the market. I don't think he's overrated in the world right now, but I think the NFL will. Uh, Over the Cap has him getting $9.5 million a year for four years, so that's a $38 million contract. To me, he reads like a little bit more of a traditional tight end. If you wanted to just go get another Kyle Rudolph and have him be Kyle Rudolph, um, and you know, we're talking not old Kyle Rudolph, but like if you wanted to go back and get 2015 Kyle Rudolph, that could be like a real threat for you, it would be Jonu Smith. I think he'll probably make somebody happy enough for that total, uh, but I think the Vikings could probably be more efficient about this. So I'm going to put him in the too expensive bucket. And by the way, uh, Antonio Brown goes in the no thank you bucket. And then, of course, there's a Goldilocks bucket in between that uh, are the players I actually want the Vikings to go after. We haven't hit one of those yet. So the next on the list is T.Y. Hilton, who, of course, health is a huge thing for him at 31. Uh, He's also obviously a very good player uh, with some very interesting prospects. Um, I think he is sometimes mislabeled as a slot only guy. He can definitely line up outside and be versatile like that. And I think if you have three versatile receivers in Thielen, Jefferson, and a guy like T.Y. Hilton, that could be a really fun receiver core and then put Irv Smith and, and Dalvin Cook on the field. And you have some fun skill players. I'd be into it. It's a little bit pricey for me for what he gives you. And the availability concern would also be nine and a half million a year, uh, only three years on this deal. But I don't want to sign him to that deal for a little cheaper. I'm all I'm all for it, but I'm putting him in the too expensive bucket. The next guy, and this is one, this is the first one that's going to my Goldilocks bucket. I've pitched him in the past. I pitched him in an article that I wrote last week at Zone Coverage. It's Curtis Samuel. So Curtis Samuel is seen a lot of times as like a, an aftercatch only type of guy. And I don't think that he has to be that. And this is the lesson. There are some bylaws. Another article I wrote at Zone Coverage. There are some bylaws, I think, that we should all follow when it comes to free agency. One of those bylaws is judge a player on what your team is going to ask him to do, not what his old team asked him to do. And he had a good year doing what the Carolina Panthers asked him to do, and I certainly wouldn't blame the Vikings if they just copy-pasted that. But he runs a 4-3, and he was really efficient when the Panthers did ask him to go deep. And so if the Vikings wanted to ask him to go deep and, and run, you know, be a part of a Yankee concept, be, you know, run a go route down the sideline, I think he can absolutely be that for them. And because Carolina had somewhat of an under-the-radar season and that he was also competing for attention with you know, they're kind of their running game and the Mike Davis narrative that happened over there and Robbie Anderson and all of these players, I think that he kind of is getting a little underrated right now. Over the cap has him at eight and a half million a year for three years. And unlike somebody like Johnny Smith or T.Y. Hilton, who could feasibly, you know, you could see him taking in the role and being fine. Curtis Samuel is legit exciting. 
He's somebody that actually is like hype. And for a little bit less, I'm all over this. If they go out and get Curtis Samuel, I'd be doing backflips. The next guy is Marvin Jones, who uh, doesn't sound like Detroit is going to try to keep him. Maybe they try to keep him and Kenny Galladay in, but it sounds like they're going for Galladay and letting Marvin Jones walk. Listen, he's going to be 31. He's been unbelievably productive. He's obviously been a Viking killer. Um, And PFF has him at three years for $9 million a year, so a $27 million contract. I would be, I could be talked into this. I'm going to put him in the Goldilocks bucket tentatively, although nine million a year is a little bit steep for me. If I want to go, you know, above seven, eight million, it needs to be Curtis Samuel where I'm doing backflips. Um, but I think I would probably do some backflips for Marvin Jones. He is every bit as threatening as any of the wide receiver ones out there. And if he would be the third best option behind Thielen and Jefferson, and hey, depending on how Thielen ages, he might even be the second best option. That would be a really, really good situation. You just have to find a way to make the money work. And if you are the kind of person who is constantly trying to make similar calculations, but when it comes to your calories and your health and stuff, Built Bar might be the protein bar for you. It comes in a whole bunch of amazing, delicious flavors, things you can feel like you can indulge in, even though you are trying to lose or maintain weight, like salted caramel, carrot cake, caramel brownie, coconut if you're into that. All kinds of delicious flavors covered in 100% chocolate, but it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, even keto-friendly, so you can feel like you're cheating without actually cheating. So, If you want in on that, you can go to BuiltBar.com, and when you check out, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, LOCKEDON20, the numbers, you get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20, all one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Wednesdays on Locked On NFL are draft days. Tony Wiggins and James Rappian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and some young NFL players fresh in the league. Sometimes they talk about some of the rookies, like Justin Jefferson, maybe. And of course, talking about all the prospects, even the ones that will be there likely at pick 14. So you can get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. So continuing on through a few tight ends here, there's Gerald Everett. He could go for $5 million a year. He's an athletic tight end. He can be an interesting uh, weapon. I, I actually don't hate this idea. This is definitely, I'm coming up with a take here on it on the fly, uh, but he's only going to be 27, and I think he works. I mean, obviously, you know, you found a place for him in that wide zone scheme where there are a lot of, like, deep downfield things. Um, and I think maybe, you know, put him opposite Irv Smith, you could do the same kind of 12 personnel stuff. Yeah, he actually might be like my favorite tight end prospect just based up purely on uh, cost versus what you get for it. He's really an intriguing idea. And I think really my biggest problem and the reason that I, I advocated for so long to kind of move past Kyle Rudolph, I mean, I've been asking for that for, for two, three years on this show. Uh, and I think a big part of it is because of athleticism and Jared Everett, Gerald Everett would give me what you got from Kyle Rudolph, but would do so in a way that is far less hindering. And everybody can go deep and everybody can be a threat and everybody needs to be given a little bit more attention. You know, when you had Kyle Rudolph on the other side of you, you wouldn't have to worry about giving up a 45-yard touchdown to him. Gerald Everett can run those deep overs, those really speed-intensive routes that you might ask for from a tight end and do so if he really costs the $5 million a year that over the cap is projecting. I'm putting him right in the Goldilocks bucket. The next guy would be a very interesting 
interesting idea is Rob Gronkowski. He only signed a one-year deal with Tampa, so he's a pending free agent. He might return to Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens there. But he obviously showed that he still had plenty of gas in the tank. He would be about $10 million a year. Obviously, you're paying a lot more for name than you are for, you know, maybe what you're getting. But remember, Rob Gronkowski might be the best blocking tight end we've seen in the last, like, five years <laughs> in addition to being an explosive weapon, especially during his younger years. I mean, go get a Hall of Famer for $10 million a year? I could do that. I think getting Rob Gronkowski in purple in that crazy world, I could probably be talked into overpaying for Rob Gronkowski based on what he gives you. I'm going to put him in the Goldilocks bucket. That's an exciting option. I would be into that. A couple wide receivers coming up here. There's Nelson Aguilar, who I'm going to go ahead and pass on. His drops issues have been too big of a deal for me. He's never really lived up to what you think you should get out of speed. He had a decent time in uh, in Vegas this last year, but you never know what you're going to get. And if you're going to go for like a risky person, I'm going to spend less than the seven and a half million a year that over the cap is projecting for him. You can get somebody just as, you know, kind of boomer bust with just as high a ceiling. Uh, if you're not worried about the floor, which you would have to not be worried about the floor, you can get somebody who kind of fits that mold for a lot cheaper. I'm going to say the same thing about Sammy Watkins. He would be a very good idea. He's only 27, which is kind of crazy. It feels like he's been in the, in the league for a lot longer than that. Um, and he's always been kind of, I think he's maybe the best wide receiver two in the league, and he's probably a low-end wide receiver one for somebody. I think that's about what the Vikings are looking for, but I think they can find it for less than $9 million a year. Like, I would take Curtis Samuel over Sammy Watkins at this particular juncture, and over the cap is projecting them at about the same price, so I'm going to put him in the too expensive bucket. The next one comes from Jared Cook. Similar thing to Nelson Aguilar. I'm out on that. Um, a really interesting option here uh, on this list is Keelan Cole, who there's actually been some uh, noise about the Vikings being interested in Keelan Cole, obviously with the Keenan McCardell connection. That makes a ton of sense. He's about five and a half million a year, so he's definitely not going to be too expensive. Um, he's going to be 28 next year. That's not too bad. Uh, the, the thing is, he's probably topped out as like a role player, and that's not a huge problem, right? If he's the third wide receiver and he'd be paid like the third wide receiver, it's, it's a move that would definitely make a lot of sense and be very responsible. I think you could probably get a little more exciting if you wanted to get more aggressive, but if you don't want to get more aggressive and save those resources for things like fixing the guard position, getting getting a defensive lineman, things that might be more pressing issues for the Vikings, I think you could definitely get on board with Keelan Cole. He easily goes in my Goldilocks bucket. I don't know if I like him better than the idea of like a Curtis Samuel or even like a Gerald Everett, but I think uh, Keelan Cole is definitely something I could get on board with. Uh, next up on the list is Danny, Danny Amendola. He's going to be 36. He'd be about five and a half million, one year deal. And he's a little bit too one-dimensional for me. I want a little bit more versatility, so I'm going to put him in the no-thank-you bucket. Uh, Brashad Perryman, who would be $8 million a year, uh, according to Over the Cap, is definitely a no-thank-you for me. I, I think... He is a little bit too synonymous with this appointment. He's probably a little bit underrated right now, uh, just with how he played for the Jets and for the for Tampa Bay and stuff. And he's kind of uh, gone around the league a little bit. But I mean, listen, the list is very robust, and I think he could just do better than this if you want to spend eight million a year. Like, bump it up to nine, and you get Sammy Watkins. I, I'm not interested in Brashad Perriman at all. Uh, Rashard Higgins, on the other hand, is a really interesting kind of under the radar player. He goes for only five million a year, according to Over the Cap, and he doesn't have that burner speed. He's not going to be that deep thing. But the Vikings have two guys that can do that, right? And and you're probably no matter who ends up being the next player, uh, the the next skill player, you're probably going to ask Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to go for the explosive plays more often. 
often unless you get like Robbie Anderson types in the room or, you know, some crazy deep burner or something. Um, you know, unless something really extreme happens, you're probably asking those guys to go deep anyways. And Richard Higgins, decent enough route runner, can, uh, you know, go make some plays. He can go make some clutch conversions and stuff and, and step in. If a guy gets hurt, I'd be on board with this. I'm going to put him in the Goldilocks bucket. Only time to get to a few more names here. So if you have somebody in mind and I missed him, I'm sorry about that. Um, but the next guy is a very interesting name. It's AJ Green, who is slated to become an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if Cincinnati's going to be uh, that interested in bringing him back. And I personally am not going to be that interested in bringing him in. Listen, you could do the reclamation project thing, but if you're going to do the reclamation project thing, the two-year $20 million deal that Over the Cap is projecting is way, way too committed to AJ Green, and you're paying for what he was, likely not what you think he's going to be. I think he's going to be 33. He's coming off all of these injuries. He's had so much trouble staying healthy. It is a modern tragedy what AJ Green's career has become, but I certainly wouldn't want to buy into it. I'm putting him in the no thank you bucket. Next up on the list is yet another uh, Tennessee tight end, Anthony Ferkser. Uh, he is definitely a move tight end. He's like an athletic mismatch type guy that's not so much of a blocker. Uh, so I don't know if the Vikings would be as interested in that. I think that's what you get with like Tyler Conklin. They already have that. But if you want two Conklins on the roster and you're willing to spend four and a half million dollars a year on Ferks or go for it. But I, I think if you're going to spend money on a move tight end, that's like only like an, a subpar blocker. I say, you know, let Tyler Conklin fill that role for you and extend him when it comes time if you want to spend on that. Uh, the next one, now this is a, a name that I have always wanted to be in purple, and I don't care if he's good or not. I don't care if he's too expensive. I honestly just want it for the emotion of it. It's Larry Fitzgerald, who grew up in Minnesota, did the ball boy thing in Minnesota, has all these ties to Minnesota. He's been in Arizona his whole career. He's one of the greatest to ever do. Give me a retirement tour a year. He's going to be 38. He's totally not what he used to be. He'd be five and a half million a year, which would absolutely be an overpay. I don't care. I'm putting him in the Goldilocks bucket. I would be so excited to have Larry Fitzgerald in purple. And the last guy, just for time, the last guy I'm going to go over here is David Moore, who has been a really interesting guy in Seattle, kind of overshadowed by DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but he also had uh, a lot of kind of highlight reel catches and, and a lot of interesting moments, but that does not make for like a crazy good resume. But for three and a half million dollars a year, I would probably say okay to that. It would be a less exciting move, though. I would rather have somebody like Keelan Cole if you're going to go to the bargain bin, or if you're going to get uh, a wide receiver, go for somebody like Curtis Samuel. If you're going to go for a tight end, go for somebody like Gerald Everett, uh, or even, you know, if you're going to get really aggressive about it, go for like the Johnu Smith or whatever. I think I, I'm good on David Moore, but I certainly wouldn't say no to it. I'm going to put him in the Goldilocks bucket, but he's like at the end of that list. So that's all the time that I have to go over, guys. I, I could go over a lot more here. Uh, maybe I will if we end up having more time before free agency, but somebody is going to join the Vikings here, whether it's now or on draft time. The Vikings have a starter to get. Right now, they only have four starting skill players. Tyler Conklin, I don't think he counts as a starter. He's a good tight end too, good kind of rotational guy. I, I like him for that role. But the Vikings need a, f a fifth starting skill player, and that's either going to come with an aggressive free agency move or an aggressive draft move, and I look forward to seeing which it is. We're going to keep going over other position groups like defensive tackle. Uh, we're probably going to go over some of the safeties and uh, secondary people as well, so make sure you stick around for that. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL, and the show is on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. I'll see you all tomorrow, and as always, Skull.